Hello, Luke. Hello, Ryan. We're at the park again. A different park. We are. We're at a different park this time. Yeah. Uh, how have you been? I've been good. That's good. I've have been good been too. Good? Yeah. Good. Uh, dear listeners, uh, Luke and I have some pretty cool news for you. We just had a cheeky Nando's. <laughs> I, I, so when you when you suggested a Nando's, uh, and I have not had a Nando's for years, I was like, sure. Uh, I should have realized at the time that it was entirely to make a podcast joke. It wasn't. No, I just wanted. Mm. I wanted chicken. I wanted a spicy South African Portuguese recipe of chicken that is specific to the Nando's chicken chain. Now that I'm done talking about my lunch, let me introduce the show properly. Uh, this is the Content Minds, and Luke and I are still um, free of the internet. We are still um, outside. Hence, yeah, hence why we're outside. We're yeah. outside because we've escaped the Content Minds. Es- yeah, so we're, we're continuing. Flowing around you, by the way. There is a wasp. I think it's on me. I, I, this was. Uh, uh, <laughs> be gone. Um. But but let's let's reflect. Let's reflect on the last you know, the last couple weeks of internet, huh? Yeah. <laughs> when did we last, when did we last record? We last recorded in the spring. Okay. Yeah. So in about three months. Yeah, just about. How do you feel about the internet? You, you excited about it anymore? I think, I think we have very firmly come to the end of an era. And uh, what's that? What era is that? That era is started in about. 2012, uh-huh. uh, with mass adoption of Twitter and mass viral moments. And over the last probably four years, that has drifted. And there's a bunch of things that kind of contribute to that. One is the decay of Twitter itself. The second is the rise of off-public network communities, which I think is maybe the most underrated like, impact on the internet. Um, you have basically far more closed groups than we used to. And so their entire, like, discourses and discussions and stuff that are happening unrelated to, un- unseen by anyone else, which is not, like, a, not like inherently a problem, but it is, uh, what's the best way to put it? It's, it? It has just changed the way it works. You've got the rise of paywalls on content, which I think means that people are not necessarily looking at the same things anymore. And you also have the rise of Twitter competitors threads, blue sky, mastodon, whatever you, whatever you like, um, which means that different groups are going to different places. And we basically have gone from a one big mass internet to a much more fragmented internet. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of the mid-2000s where the internet felt very lonely and very slow. Uh, I don't... It doesn't feel alive like it used to. It doesn't feel like it's moving in real time anymore. And... And I suppose that's largely just because of Twitter, but the the ability to find things has become worse. Like navigation is worse. Like things are just not working the way they used to. And things are I think things are siloed more. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's other chunks of it, like you know, we talk about like Google Search is 
worse now. It's yes. been declining for a long time. And I think we've kind of put all this stuff together that now it now no longer feels like there is a a main conversation that's happening on the internet. No. Yeah, the macro conversations are more confusing. Um, they're happening. He, here's something really interesting. When so let's let, let's let's start with the NPC streamers, huh? Okay, sure. I think that's kind of a really good example of what we're talking about. So, for people who are listening, who chant, I assume you have seen this by this point, but let's pretend <laughs> you haven't. NPC streamers are TikTok streamers who pretend to be non-playable characters from video games. The most famous of which now is Pinky Doll, a woman from Quebec, who went very viral. Ice cream so good, gang gang. Ice cream so good. The the cycle of her going viral is interesting because she was around for a while. It hits critical mass uh, about a week ago, two weeks ago, and yep. then just stayed going viral. Yeah, and well, I mean, before we get into that, I do want to say, like, what she's doing is really skilled. Like, I have, I, I, keep I, I would do it. it. I would like, do it if I was. I could not do it. Cool enough. To I do don't it. think I could do it. I don't find anything like everyone was acting like it was the end of the world. But to me, it just seemed like, oh, like these people have figured out how to hack a TikTok feature it's, to it's, make money. It's you know? not. I don't think it's so much. Uh, that's not the half that's the end of the world. Like people exploiting that. Fine. It's the why are people watching this thing? Like, I think that's the bit that people are confused by. Yeah. Well, apparently one of her major uh, benefactors is the producer Timbaland. Yeah, very, very into. Which is interesting. Um, and I, yeah, I assume most of it are weird guys. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. But also, the the scale that she's at means that it can't be that many weird guys. And also, the fact that, you know, she is the most successful kind of because she's broken out the platform. There are a bunch of, like, male NPC people. There, there are, are a bunch yes. of, yeah, it's, it's a much wider thing than just weird guys. People are getting some sort of entertainment value from it. Well, hey, nothing to say weird guys can't also be giving money to the to the the young men doing this as well. That's true. That's true. Uh, but yes, you're right. I I assume that the entire NPC streamer thing wouldn't exist if TikTok had better monetization tools for their creators. I mean, that sounds correct. I, I think yeah. it is literally just like a, a hack. But to go back to sort of like using it as a, as a way to measure the, the silos of the internet, sort of. I do think it's interesting that it's stayed stuck. Like, it's now like we don't have macro conversations until we have one that just never goes away. Yeah. Yeah, it takes more force to do it, but it also means that people... Yeah, I mean, I, the thing is, I wouldn't even consider that a macro conversation. You wouldn't? No. Like, it was obviously a big thing that a bunch of people saw, but I think, like, okay... If you went to 10 people in this park right now and asked them... Ice cream so good, gang gang. Ice cream so good. Would they know? I I think... Well, I just said it, and, and that guy didn't make any reaction. I mean, yeah, you're saying ice cream, gang gang, no, so good in the park, which I, if I, you're in the park, <laughs> you would not react to it. Um, but, but Yeah, that guy didn't... The guy didn't uh, he didn't seem to notice, so maybe he's not a fan of Pinky Doll. Exactly, but I think, you know, you would probably get one in 10 people, maybe... Yeah. And I think that, that is the kind of the macro conversation that is now, it is not going beyond that. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, that's true. And I think part of that's because people are in their silos. So, you know, it breaks out from Twitter into one bit of, sorry, it breaks out from TikTok into one bit of Twitter. And maybe it goes a little bit further than that. But I don't think, like, you know, there are a bunch of discords with a lot of people in who are just not discussing it. There are a bunch of uh, WhatsApp groups with people who are not discussing it. I didn't see it on threads. Uh, 
but then I, I couldn't tell because I can't search anything on Threads, so yeah. I don't know. Let's talk about Threads, because you and I have been I mean, talking threads about Threads. Threads is a really good example of this exact effect, I think. So you are slightly more bullish on Threads than I am. I mean, I'm less bullish than I was yesterday. because <laughs> Why is that? Well, when Threads initially launched, I hit the button at the right time, and I got a really low entry number. So my entry number was like 42,000. Because everyone basically got a record of like, and you could kind of track user growth by it. And the next day it was like 2 million. The next day it was 4 million. The next day it was like 8 million or whatever. Right. It was like, wow, okay. Like everyone was getting a number. And mine was really low. And I was like, that's cool. Uh, and they got rid of the numbers and then it's no longer publicly displayed on my profile anymore. So I no longer have any investment in it. I see. Yeah. You should you should have minted it as an NFT. I should have minted it as an NFT. Yeah, you yeah. should have. I don't know what my number was for threats. I do. You know what my number was. Because I went and checked everyone to see like where everyone else's was. <laughs> Yours was 1.3 million. No, that's not true. It's true. It's not Yours true. Yours was more than a million. I, I, was, I was in the first 100 users on Threads. You were absolutely not in the first 100 I users. I have a conspiracy theory about Threads that a whole bunch of like verified journalists and media people were already, were already and brands oh, were no, already no. there. Before so we brands and in. stuff were already there. And I know this for a fact because I went through footballers to see like who was being added. Right. Uh, and Harry Kane was not on it. And I was like, interesting. Who's Harry Kane for, for people listening? He is uh, the England captain and hopefully by the end of this podcast still Tottenham striker. Um, Soccer, correct? Yeah. Football. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, but he has like the most followers of anyone on my team. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll see what his, his does. And he was not on threads. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Maybe it was more US focused. And then two days later, he suddenly was on threads and his number was like 2,000. And I was like, okay. So they went and granted all these people threads access. The first like 10,000 people who, you know, most followed on Instagram or whatever. So they're all super, super low. And all the brands had super, super low numbers. So they clearly went through like creators and influencers. Right. You know, and gave them really, put them onto the platform or reserved a spot for them. Have you ever gone to like an amusement park really early in the morning? No. No? Have you been to an amusement park at all? Yeah, but not for a while. Have you been to like Disney Paris or something? Not for a very long time. Do, are there British amusement parks? Yeah, Alton Towers. Are they super Thought Park? Are they super grim? Uh, it's like everything in Britain. It's on decline. It's on, yeah. It's like I wouldn't go on one of those rides. The safety level needs to be high, and I'm not confident. I would not. Go I'm not confident we have the, the the engineering or regulatory enforcement to make sure it's okay. I would not go on an amusement park ride in England post Brexit. No, no. But the reason I ask is because when I opened Threads uh, on the evening that it opened. It felt like getting to a really bad amusement park at like eight in the morning, and and yeah. instead of like people in costumes, it was like the Netflix account being like, "I love to threads and chill." Well, I mean, they clearly <laughs> launched before it was ready. Don't you love, hey Burger King? Don't you love being on threads with me, Netflix? You know, like that shit. Yeah, but, it, but that's what it felt like. Yeah, exactly. Because they were people who were added first because they. But, like, you know, they add a load of celebrities as well, but obviously more of the celebrities are more likely to have smaller social media teams. Like, if you're Netflix, you have a big social media team. If you're Harry Kane, you probably have one person who is not... That's not their priority. You should work for Harry Kane. You should oh, do a social media. What if he leaves Tottenham? <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it was interesting to watch the threads launch via Blue Sky mm. because it rem I, I was like, this feels similar to something. And I was like, what, what does this remind me of? And then I realized... Blue Sky in 2023 feels a lot like the way Tumblr did in like 2014. Yeah, I, that makes a lot. Of, I agree with that. In fact, they apparently they they just canceled Drill, 
for being uh, too Caucasian of humor. And someone said that Jesus. someone says that a cab includes drill. Well, I mean that. Sure, okay, let's, let's go with that. <laughs> um, but no, Blue Sky is is sort of tearing itself apart in a way at the moment, which I think is fascinating to watch. I mean, joining Blue Sky, what four weeks ago or so, I did. I bounced off quite hard because it was so aggressively policed by its users. Yeah, like it, is. it very much felt like going in and being given like a list of rules, but also a list of rules that someone had decorated with like drawings of flowers and glitter and I'm like I hate this yeah. this is worse like you, you want to drill is it ACA is a cop like all of you people are cops like I will not name the podcast but there is a there is a uh, there's a franchise of podcasts run by some siblings let's say and this Crescentines <laughs> no and this f- podcast franchise has a Facebook group for its listeners and the rule is effectively no bummers. Like don't don't be don't don't be sad, don't be don't be mean kind of thing. Yeah. And it created the most toxic environment that I, I've ever seen on the internet. That makes sense. And I think that that is essentially blue sky as well, which is like we're all having a fun time shitposting here, and here's twenty three things that you have to keep in mind every time you post. The yeah. other thing is that the engagement you get on Blue Sky doesn't really mean anything. Like it doesn't there's no one really that's there, problem. Uh, which is how I feel everywhere, weirdly. Like, I, I feel like there's no one really on threads. I feel like there's no one really on Twitter. There's no one really on Blue Sky. And then I started, like, remembering people that I used to follow in different places and just realized that I haven't seen them post in, like, yeah. two years. I mean, there are, there are, like, very useful hacks to kind of, like, the best, the best threads hack to like, rebuild your social graph is go and find someone that you do know, look through who they're following, and then follow all the people you recognize. Yeah. So there are, like, useful ways you can kind of build it up a bit. But, I mean, Threads launched, it launched before it was ready because Twitter was going through its rate limit thing. Right. Uh, when they launched that early, a bunch of things like were then not right. Uh, everyone was very insistent on a chronological feed, and I think they were sensible not to do that at first because there was, just, there was not enough content. Um, and you would have had an empty feed, and a feed of irrelevance is better than an empty feed. I don't agree. No, no if you go to, like, no, if you go to, like, a party and you're, like, and there's no one there, would you rather go to a party where there's no one there or a bunch of people you don't know? No one there. Well, okay, but... What are you talking about? <laughs> would you, you would rather go to a party full of, like, the worst people on Earth? Yeah, but knowing that the other people are arriving later. Luke, we're in our 30s. Yeah. We don't have to go to parties like That's that That's true. We, I mean, we don't have to go to parties full stop. Yeah, like, I don't really anymore. Yeah. I mean, okay, so, but no, I, I think, I think, I understand if you're a casual user, if you're not a hardcore user and you're a casual user or something like that, you go and you see, oh, I recognize a bunch of celebrities and brands. I basically understand what's going on here rather than going and being like, wow, I have two friends here and they've both posted once and that's it. You're going to bounce off quicker. So I get why they did it, but it didn't work. The fact you can't search for things means there's like zero understanding of what the conversation is happening. Uh, The fact that you can't, uh, there is no trending thing means that you can't, you have no idea what the conversation is. But I also think the threads is just, it's not designed for Twitter users. It's designed for people who have bounced off Twitter previously. I don't think it's designed for anybody. Like all of the most hardcore Instagram users I know look, took one look at threads and we were like, I'm not doing this. Well, exactly. I mean, that's, that's the thing though. If you're an Instagram user and you like the Instagram social network, there is a reason that you're not on Twitter. Right, and you're saying what I'm saying. Yeah, I know. I think we, I think we probably agree in it. It's like the users that they immediately onboarded were a load of Instagram users, and it's like okay, but 
if Instagram users wanted to use a text-based service, they would use Twitter. If they don't, then they've they're, they're already not they've already decided they're not going to use it. So a bunch of them logged on and went, yeah, no, I, I realize why I'm not on Twitter. Then you have Twitter users who are also on Instagram, but kind of casually. There's not a huge overlap there. Um, this is what makes me insane about this whole thing. Okay, I, I just want to walk through the logic here. Okay, yeah. you're Meta, you yeah. own Facebook and you own Instagram. Facebook is primarily a feed full of text and some videos mm -hmm. and some images and people comment and they post on each other's... I think you can still post on walls, I think. I don't really know. Sure. I don't use Facebook in like I don't think five have, I, know, I don't think you have a wall anymore. I don't know. You can, but you can post to people. You can yeah. post at people, I think. I think you just post... You can. You can. Okay. I, like, I can post on... <laughs> okay, anyways... Then you have Instagram. I, I, am I going to poke you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please, poke me. Um, send me a Mafia Wars request. <laughs> okay, so then on Instagram, you have images and you have videos. And the way, and, and then you have DMs and you have stories and story replies. Yeah. And so it's, it's largely a different way of interacting. Yeah. So Meta, in their infinite wisdom, <laughs> decided to... Create a subsurface of Instagram that was essentially just the Facebook newsfeed, but with like Instagram style sheet. Well, no, 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 no. I, I, I didn't, I didn't quite, because that's not quite it. Like the, the, <laughs> that's, I that is what I it is. I don't care about the aesthetics of it. Like the aesthetics kind of don't matter, I think. What they've done is they have, but the reason why I think this is crazy is because like if you were on Instagram, and you wanted to use a meta product in which you were communicating with people in a central feed, that product already exists. It's Facebook. Okay, but why aren't you using Facebook? Exactly. So why are you using threads? That's what I'm saying. No, 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 we're no. We're saying no. the same things. I'm saying but you're not saying them the way I'm saying no, them. No, I'm saying that <laughs> I'm saying that Facebook is not an equivalent to Twitter, right? Like it is fundamentally different. The the graph of who you know is different. The use cases of it are different. Whereas Twitter is a much more bare bones service, which means that it is more interesting to use. Like, also, like, Twitter, you don't have... Well, I mean, the big one, actually, come think of this, Facebook is not a public profile. It, it is. A, it can be. It, it can be a public profile, but what you're asking people is to turn a private network space into a public network space. But I think most people's Instagrams are private. I think most normal people are okay, just okay, following... Fine, fine. Here's, here's the main question. How do you retweet someone on Facebook? You can share posts. But no one does, because people that's not do, the mechanic. Hundreds of millions of people share posts, because that's all we've been talking about on this show for the last three years. Yeah, but it's not... What do you not... think those shares mean? <sighs> this is what I'm saying. Threads doesn't, doesn't make any sense, because what it, what it is really offering Instagram users is a Facebook experience. But they're on Instagram for a reason. <sighs> so, in, so, so not only are they not satisfying Twitter users who want a very specific kind of thing, they're also not satisfying Instagram users because if those Instagram users wanted to use an app like this, they would be on Facebook. <laughs> it's I know, it's I, crazy. I, I, it's I, I craziness. Think, no, I think Facebook is is inherently a private thing. I think this is this is kind of like what it comes down to is that Twitter is a public profile. Facebook is a private profile. Well, when profile. I posted problem, live videos on Facebook of me and my friends storming the Capitol with zip ties and machetes, mm. we knew that it was public. No matter what the FBI asks us. Yeah, but they didn't. But you don't think of it as a public thing in the same way. Like, I, like, I just, I don't. I fundamentally think that people have just a different use case for Facebook. 
Like it is a it is a private network where they're talking to their family and their friends. I don't think that's true anymore. Well, no, family and friends and and associates and fellow January six rioters, like <laughs> and chiropractors and chiropractors and gossip pages for your town and magicians and magicians. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all of the personal relationships in in a human's life. Yeah, yeah. Your magician, your chiropractor, your insurrectionist, okay, and your grandmother. But, but look, this is what it comes down to. Then it's like, okay, so why do you use Twitter, not Facebook? I use okay. I, you know, I, I've been dwelling on this for the last eight months. <laughs> There are a few reasons. One, the chronological feed means that a certain kind of content goes viral. And the kind of content that goes viral in a chronological ecosystem is typically stuff that has like a spark of surprise, right? Because it, it has to be interesting enough that you catch it in the moment and you share it because yeah. it's not it's going to go away. So there's some ephemerality there. That's why news is so viral on Twitter. That's why breaking news events are so interesting to follow on Twitter. Yeah. So I use it that way. I use it as like a as like a a, a pulse of the zeitgeist. Yeah. The other flip side of that is that Twitter has another really interesting effect, like a very serendipitous effect, where I could tweet at you, someone could see it. And they get involved, and there's like a snowball effect. Right, but that is because it is a public network, not a private network. But what I'm saying is those two things, the like ephemerality, the sort of like the current feeling of the content, the sort of like surprise of what's going viral and when, and then the snowball effect, a, a term that we don't have in English, but like the Brazilians call it zoera. Snowball effect? Sort of. It means like to translate to British English, to take the piss, but they use it as a verb to mean like when people start replying to a thread and it goes out of control. Right. We don't really have a term for it, even though we know that idea. It, that happens on Twitter. That doesn't really happen on Instagram. It can happen on TikTok because of the duet feature. Yeah. And because like TikTok has closed the consumption to creation loop, it's tighter on TikTok. Yeah. But on meta products, it takes so much work to make something because it has to go viral in such a specific way to be seen that communication suffers. That's the problem with all of meta's algorithm stuff is that you have to spend a lot of time to make something in a very precise way to make it go viral so people see it. Where on Twitter, you can just be on the toilet and be like, pee is stored in the balls. And if people see it at the right time, it'll go viral. Okay, but you so can't what you're saying, do that on threads. But that's my piece. Even when they announced, within like eight hours, they said, we are going to have a chronological feed. So if they then have a chronological feed, does that completely change that? The question will be how many people use it. Because, for instance, when right, so, Twitter so this released is, this their... Is, this is a different thing. What, it's not an inherent thing. This is what I've been saying. It's like it's a network effect thing. The problem is not that there is something fundamentally wrong with it. The problem is that if you have 50,000 followers on Twitter and you go to threads and you have 500, you're going to stick with Twitter. Because you can't bring your followers over. That's kind of the whole thing. No, because like, if 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 Threads was chronological and there was no algorithm at all, and it wasn't even an option, it was just like a straight feed. Yeah, I believe it would be more fun and more useful because you because the time between posting and reading is like zero. Mm -hmm. But if you were to make a post on Facebook and you want it to be seen by somebody. If you're making a post on Instagram and you want it to be seen by people, you have to adhere to a bunch of stuff to get the attention of an algorithm. Well, I, I get that, but that, we're not talking about Facebook, we're talking about threads. But and if threads, threads has that algorithm. It's, but, it's, but, it's but, but they're adding the chronological feed. Well, 
They're saying that. No, they will add it. Like, there's a bunch of things that they're going to add. Like, they, they launched too quick because they were trying to catch Twitter's what its rate limit thing was in. If they launch a chronological feed, I will go. I will revisit it. Okay. But until they do, I don't see any purpose for it in my life. I mean, they need basically a search thing, a trends thing, uh, a chronological feed, uh, and then I think we'll be close and it'll be interesting. I would be shocked if they added trending and search. I would be shocked. They're, adding, they're definitely adding search. Trending, they're, they're not. Or not yet. But they are definitely adding search. Like... You could just search all posts. Yeah, mm, I would doubt. Th- I doubt that. I mean, they've said it repeatedly. Yeah, so. sure, but I just don't believe them. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> like, I mean, no, I think that their their use case is a kind of. I think the fundamental thing is the the thing stopping people joining it is the network effect. Like, you need to take your followers with you, and you can't do that. And also, if your followers aren't using that and they're still using Twitter, in order to talk to them, you have to be on Twitter. So, you know, there is probably a uh, 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 what's the word like an inflection point where suddenly, you know. 51% of your followers are on threads 49% are on Twitter so you go okay right now we go to threads so there is an inflection point that I think could happen but it needs to like build up a lot to get there and people need to be actively using it like if you check Twitter five times a day and threads once a day you you need to be on Twitter like you're, you're the people trying to talk you need to be on Twitter but the other kind of like big thing I think that, it, that is there is that Meta are very consciously trying to make a product that does not have the toxic elements of Twitter I think that that is borderline impossible i i think I, I think the toxic parts of twitter we can all agree make twitter more fun sure but what it also means is that for the regular user they are not going to use twitter because they're like this is awful yeah please nazi stop yelling at me so therefore they don't use twitter but they might use threads like that's the audience they're going for it's actually not the people who love twitter it is the people who could theoretically use twitter if it was a more user-friendly product the problem is is that those people probably are not that into it anyway like, no. they're, like they're not inherently into the idea of spending a lot of time on a thing like Twitter so you're, it's this kind of thing of they're shooting an audience that possibly doesn't exist like how often are you going to check your threads account it's the sort of person who checks their threads account once a week not once a minute right and it's like you know the average person using threads let's say this person that may this person that may or may not exist what are they doing in threads that they couldn't be doing in like a large WhatsApp group. Well, I mean, this is kind of kind of it. Like, I think <laughs> or a the, Discord or something. I, the main thing is that they can talk to celebrities there. Like, there's always been a big appeal of um, Twitter. So, if you can talk to celebrities, you can talk to famous people, you can talk to people who you are impressed by. That's like a big part of it. So that's kind of thing. I you often can wish that brands and celebrities were in my group chats with my friends. Okay, but do your friends wish that? Yeah, everyone. I'm being serious. Everyone wants branded content and famous people. In your group chats, just chatting with you, you know? I wish I could talk to Kylie Jenner all the time. I right. love to stand. But, like, a lot of people do stand Kylie Jenner, so actually, like, <laughs> it is, like, a thing. So, like, that and is I've, kind of I've, a thing. I've, I've often wished that Kylie Jenner would write stuff so that I could read her writing rather than look at images of her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like, there are, there, are wrink- there are wrinkles here, and I think that's, that's tricky. But I also... There's a dog here. There's a dog here, yeah. Hey, buddy. But this is, this is kind of it. Like, I think that there are a bunch of people whose need for a Twitter-shaped hole in their life has been filled by a WhatsApp group, a Discord. I agree. Uh, Mine has. A Facebook group chat or whatever. It, uh, a Facebook group. It, whatever it is, that hole has been filled by it. So I think that they are trying to fill a hole that does not exist I for agree. an awful lot of people. And it, I don't... Like, this is why I'm kind of on the side of it won't work. I think the only chance it really has is if basically Twitter goes down for 
an extended period of time, which I, you know, it's at this point more likely than not. And I do wonder what will happen then. Uh, like, you know, if Twitter is gone and genuinely gone for, let's say, two days. Yeah. I do, do. Does everyone move over? And I think they probably do. I don't think they move over. I think what ha- I think what I think what we've already seen what will happen, which is that the most brand safe, the most sort of like mainstream creators, personalities, internet figures, will be on Threads. Yeah. And then, what was weird Twitter? What was the dirtbag left vestiges of that stuff, is on Blue Sky. And I think and then and then like the older sort of tech. Like the like the old guard, yeah, uh, of like the tech world is on Mastodon. Academics as well. Academics are really and academics. Into yeah, like and so each of these. This is what kind of I mean by the siloing and the fragmenting. Like it, it is just going to fragment. And you yeah. know maybe there is a, a, a utility to a platform like Threads, uh, in which no, you know, at no point are you going to get like quote tweeted by a twenty four year old communist in Brooklyn. Uh, who's going to say a bunch of incomprehensible words and get a thousand retweets out of it? That's that's just not a website I, w- I want to be on. You know, I want to live in constant fear of being dunked on by a DSA member. Yeah. who doesn't do the dishes in his nine-person apartment, but like loves dialectics. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I would love to learn one day what dialectics are. Is it just mean talking? I think so. Okay. Speaking of talking, I feel like uh, before we wrap. We probably got to talk about AI, huh? Yeah, we don't have to talk about AI. So, uh, here's a question for you. Are you currently paying for any AI services? No, I have done, and I am not at the moment. Which which ones were you paying for? Um, I was paying for Midjourney, and I was paying for uh, GPT-4. And why did you stop paying for them? Um, Midjourney, I... <sighs> Midjourney, I was really enjoying the experimentation with it, and I got to the point where I didn't have a use case for it. Mm. Uh, in part because I would not, like professionally, I would not use it, obviously. And personally, I had no need to create images. So at a certain point, I was like, well, I don't actually need this. Um, but yeah, it was fun to experiment with, but no. GPT-4, I think, was more interesting because it could do more useful things. Uh, and experimenting with using it to like uh, reply to emails, like when someone was like, email something, they were like, hey, if I make notes, put it into GPT-4, does it give me a better, more usable email? Kinda. Um, but again, I got to the point where I was like, this is not worth it. It is not worth the back and forth for it. But I think this is probably a use case for it, like plugging an AI into an email and writing one line and it turning it into a polite line. I was, yeah, so I was, uh, I, I'm currently subscribed to MidJourney, ChatGPT, Runway, and Eleven Labs, so four of them. How much are you paying? That's a lot of Sarke. Well, first of all, I'm expensing it through garbage. Oh, and second yeah, yeah. of all, I bought them to see what I could do with them. As a right. as sort of a way to like kind of review them and sort of try to integrate these things into my life just to see if you could. Yeah. So G so ChatGPT, I was using it on and off and then completely forgot it existed. <laughs> like three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Yeah. Eleven Labs, I forgot I even had a subscription until I had to think about it just now. But I was using it very briefly to make deep fakes of Joe Biden saying funny stuff and then sure. totally lost interest with it. Runway, I recently bought a subscription for just because I needed to do like one video effect for yeah. a thing I'm working on, and it was the easiest way to do it. And and Mid Journey is probably the one I used the most, 
but the most recent use of Midjourney uh, for me was <laughs> my girlfriend wanted to see what she looked like as a Barbie doll. Yeah. So I was like feeding Midjourney photos of her to turn them into Barbie dolls. But like I don't. Oh, and I'm I might use it to like make a video game on Unity. I'm like yeah. I've been learning Unity in my spare time. This is part of the things I've been doing instead of making this show every week. You know, I'm learning <laughs> new skills. And so like Midjourney is the one where like. Midjourney, I'd, I'd probably keep paying for it just because it's really fun. It lives in my Discord. It's a fun toy, but like ultimately, all of this stuff is it is a fun toy. Yes, and now that's my point with all this stuff is that we are, let's say, six months out from the the beginning of the AI revolution, and still I have yet to find a consistent AI tool that lives in in, in my in my world. Well, I think you know? I mean the timeline I put on it is December. Like it is almost 6 months because yeah. GPT-5 allegedly comes out in December. Like that's Oh, oh you mean we're, we're 6 months until the next one. Yeah. And it's going to be really interesting to see what that change is because there's kind of well there's a bunch of options but there's two big ones. By option 1 is it is a more polished version of 4 at which point you're like okay, yes the words are better it now understands rhyme schemes. Yeah. You can write a poem. And like that's like useful, fine. Uh, but the other version is it is a uh, an exponential increase. Like is it a, is is basically are we close to uh you know, are we ninety percent of the way to its capacity and we and the next one is gonna be ninety five percent? Or are we ten percent of the way to its capacity and the next one is gonna be fifty percent? I see what we, you mean. We don't really know. No. But the question that I have is even if it's incredible, what do I do with it? And what's really crazy is the stuff that I want to do with an AI. So, for instance, like, my friend and I were talking about making a game. Neither of us know how to code, so I've been, like, watching tutorials on how to use Unity, and every yep. once in a while I'll get to the point where, like, they're like, all right, here's all the variables you've got to put in. And I'm like, fuck, god damn it. I don't want to learn how to. I don't want to learn C Sharp. I don't want to learn how to code in C Sharp. So in that scenario, I would love to ask the AI, like, hey, can you, can you make my little man in my game do this? Yeah. And, and write it all out for me. I, I mean, but then the problem is when I did that, when I, when I used ChatGPT to code something, it, wa it wasn't as simple as that. Because then, like, I had more questions, and then I had to debug it, and then I had to learn, like, how file architecture worked, and then I had to learn how to, like, host it. And, and what I feel like is, like, every time that I think of an AI solution, it actually just ends up creating more work for me because I don't have the fundamentals of how anything operates. So I've sort of, like, spun myself in circles, basically, about AI. Like, but I don't this, really know. This is the thing. Like, if the next version of it is, hey, I need an app that does this, and it produces the, a perfectly coded app and you go great how do I host it and it goes like go to this web address click here click here click here and then it does it okay but if, if that like, happens then apps suddenly don't exist anymore yeah <laughs> this is the problem like, no, but this is it like, like this is the kind of like where does it go right like 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 if if AI really does jump and let's say it is a thing where I say hey AI make me flappy bird and draw all the assets and put it in folders and give it to me in a zip file yeah. and then tell me where to host it, yada, yada, yada. If that happens, then apps don't exist anymore because yeah. then anyone can just make whatever they want. Yeah. And then essentially the only service that exists is like server space. Yeah. Cloud computing is essentially... We're, we well, and like, you know, food production and that sort of thing. But Sure, yeah. <laughs> sure. But like, 
As, yeah, basically, if, if the AI gets good enough that it's useful, then it kind of destroys the world. <laughs> that, yeah, well, this is, the, this that, is the thing. That's my conclusion. Yeah, well, this is the thing. We don't really know what that thing is going to be. You know, it's possible at this point, you know, there is going to be some kind of midpoint where there is a generative AI that can write a nice news report based on information it already has. Fine. I mean, I think it's it's already there. I've been reading some great content on this website, Gizmodo. Yeah. They had this excellent list of Star Wars films. And yeah. I thought the order they put them in was absolutely fascinating. And I would love yeah. to meet the writer behind that. I enjoyed both number threes. Yeah. <laughs> I love that it didn't include Attack of the Clones. I think it was, it was important to just leave that one out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is the issue, is that the stuff... Like, like AI is a fun tool, and when it stops being a fun tool and starts being actually useful, then it will destroy the entire planet. I think what's, I think what's interesting is that we are kind of, what, three months from the last time we talked about it, and six months from the first time we talked about it, and we've essentially gone nowhere. <laughs> like, yeah, like, we are still in the same point of, like, this thing is coming... We don't know how big it is, we don't know how quickly it's going to come, uh, and we don't know how effective it's going to be when it gets there. But we just kind of got to wait until that happens. Yeah. But you know what I wish AI could do? What? Make me a Marvel TV show that I want to watch. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Hey Luke, have you consumed any content to stay sane this week? Um, or in the last three months? Week. Um, since we last spoke? No. No, I don't think I have. Yeah, you haven't, you haven't really <laughs> consumed a lot of content. No, no, I have. I have. Um, I mean, I watched the Mission Impossible film most recently. That's maybe the thing that I have most thoughts about. It's good? It's, yeah, it's a great Mission Impossible film. Okay. It really highlights the flaws in Marvel. What's the plot? Uh, there's a rogue AI. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a rogue AI that they have to stop. If if you it's called the entity. <laughs> if you tied me to a chair and threatened to electrocute me to death, and the only way I could save myself is telling you the plot of any Mission Impossible film, I couldn't actually do it. There is a thing, and it's been either been stolen or created. So I and thought they need to get it back. I thought the one where Henry Cavill reloads his arms and suddenly grows a beard was mm. Ghost Recon or Ghost Protocol. Yeah. I think Ghost Recon's a video game, isn't it? Ghost Recon's a video game. Yeah, Ghost Protocol, but I don't think it is Ghost Protocol with Henry Cavill, is it? Well, there's there's Fallout, there's Ghost Protocol, the new one is Dead Reckoning. What is... F Fallout is the one with Fallout? the nuclear bomb, correct? I think Fallout is the one where he jumps out of the Burj Al Arab. No. Maybe that's Ghost Recon. <laughs> Ghost Pre Protocol. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, remember, I, I remember all of the like set pieces quite well. Yep. And I'm like, that was an amazing moment when he did the thing where he jumps out the building and, and flies across it. Uh, I remember the, the, the skydive at the start of one I of know the that his character's... I know Tom Cruise's character's name is Ethan. Yep. Ethan Hunt? Yep. I do not know a single other character's name. Benji? Benji is... is Benji? Simon Pegg is Benji. Okay. Ving Rhames is... Has a name, but it is... How Ving recently Rames. did you see this movie? Like a week ago? Yeah. <laughs> That's... It says a lot. Um, I, oh, there's there's Isla Faust, which is a good name. There's, oh, there's Gabriel. Who's there's, Gabriel? Is that Jeremy Renner? No, Jeremy Renner's not in it anymore. What? Because of the snowplow? No, he's just not in it anymore. Oh. He was in two, and then there was like, oh, I think actually conflicted with Marvel, and so he got written out. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Yeah. Man, okay, let's talk about Marvel. Yeah. So you haven't seen Secret Invasion, correct? I watched the first episode, and I could not bring myself to watch anymore. And you've seen Guardians of the Galaxy 3? Yes. And you kind of liked it? I kind of liked it. Um, it, yeah, it has the exact same plot as A Little Life, which I saw in the same week. 
and I couldn't get over the play cigarettes. version of that book, correct? Of the play of that yeah. book, yes. Did you cry at Guardians of the Galaxy 3? No. I did. A couple times. No, I didn't get close. I I actually I I liked it more than I thought. I, I, I really did not care enough to see it in a theater. I I, I sort of felt like I had lost interest with that entire universe. And yeah. then I watched it and I was like, oh, this almost feels like a movie. And I enjoyed it. It was close to feeling like a movie. I and, liked, I, and again, had some nice set pieces. Yeah. I liked everybody involved. I thought I thought Mantis was great. I thought yep. they did a great job with like making Drax a real character again. Uh, I wish there was more Rocket. Even though it's a movie about Rocket, he's not really in it. No, no, he's 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 yeah, he's unconscious for large parts of it. So yeah, I I that's kind of my only thing. I think it could have been. Oh, also, there's a weird amount of times that Star Lord says that he's trying to save his friend. Yeah, he says that line like maybe five times. Yeah, which is bizarre. So part of me wonders like. Could they have cut maybe about 45 minutes of that movie and made it a little more watchable? I don't think there's a single Marvel movie that couldn't have been cut by 45 minutes. Yeah, there's just a, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, it drags. In the middle, it drags pretty hard. I mean, every, every movie drags now. Yes, that's it, true. We've been talking about it for ages, but like, no movie should be longer than two hours. I'm sorry, it is insane. Yeah, I think every movie should be maybe just like straight up 90 minutes. I, oh, I watched uh, Evil Dead Rise, which is the new Evil Dead movie. Yeah. yeah, it was like maybe a hundred minutes. Fantastic, perfect. Yeah, it was great. Uh, also, M Night Shyamalan's uh, Knock at the Cabin, not okay. like like m- maybe ninety five minutes long. I think felt like it. Great. Whole movie takes place in an afternoon. In and out. That's all you need. Like that's all you need. It felt like a movie. Um. So I guess the last thing we should talk about, Luke, is like, uh, how do you feel about like pot, the state of podcasting at the moment? Like, are, do you feel, do you feel like we got out at the right time now that we're in the afterlife talking about it? Um, I don't know. I my my, my kind of basic thinking about podcasting is that goes in waves yeah like i think that you know at first 10 percent of the country uses it and then they're pretty static for like a year and then suddenly there's a moment and the next 20 percent start doing it and then and then there's another year and then suddenly and it comes in like these kind of building waves and i think the earlier you're on the more people you have when each new wave comes um i think this our podcasting certainly in the uk is really quite healthy like we have had a series of podcast released recently that are kind of i don't say agenda setting there's do you know the news agents podcast no okay so i don't personally listen to it because i need to but it is a the first it is it's basically a daily newsletter in podcast form oh okay where they talk i love newsletters yeah but they have like the three main people on it who are like very well known because they're all ex bbc Uh and they basically do a podcast it's half an hour uh, they talk about like the two or three big stories. Um, they do a bit of reporting themselves. Sometimes a bit of analysis. Sometimes there's a guest talking about it. Sometimes they go out and report something. And there's just a bunch of different stuff happening on it. As they have three hosts, they can kind of jump between them. Sometimes one, sometimes two, sometimes a different two, sometimes all three. Um, and it's like the most effective kind of like per- thing that they have figured out. Like, hey, here is how you do the news in audio form. But like in terms of resources, like pretty intensive because you've got three full-time hosts. Yeah. And you've then also got all the support. So it's kind of like the BBC's version of The Daily. No, it's on LBC. 
because they all quit the BBC. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. It's, it's, oh, no, it's a lot better than the Daily because the Daily is like... Well, s- that's not hard to do. A daily, the Daily is like a single story and we're going to do it in audio form. This is like the Daily News Show. I see. Which I, I don't think, which I don't think anyone had previously nailed in the US or or, or or the UK. My galaxy brain thought is that all all forms of digital media are slowly converging into one thing, and that like we're already seeing it with podcasts and videos, where like I said, like I sort of suspect that there's just like gonna be a world where you can watch or listen to something. And yeah. it's advertised via short clips. And 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 it just becomes like a chat show or it because like like I, I sort of feel like formats are breaking down. I don't know. I, yeah. I I think, you know, if I were to do a podcast full time again, I think you have to do video in a way yes, that like you just sure. you can't ignore it anymore. And then that to me changes the nature of it. I mean, yeah, and it was also a struggle for us. Like the reason we could podcast from the other side of the world is that we didn't have to do video. And also, I didn't want anyone to see our horrible, horrible faces. Yeah, no, there was a moment like nine months into the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. where we were not in. A good we place. chose audio for a reason. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, I just think like what people want out of podcasting has changed. I, uh, you know, a prestige documentary series such as ours just doesn't it can't exist no. in a world where people want uh, sure, the common denominator they want they want young women in sheen clothing talking about their body counts while landlords yell at them ideally someone also saying gang gang ice ice cream mm. gang gang ice cream so good gang gang oh actually there's a bit of a coda to the landlord's conversation that we had like a year ago oh yeah update our update our audience well, this one. so this was basically we went through once but all the british landlord influencers yes we did people like that episode who were going what we're going to do is we're going to go and talk uh we're going to flip this house we're going to do up this house we're going to mortgage it uh then we're going to remortgage it at a higher valuation because we've redone it therefore there's no mortgage but we're also going to let it which means that we're making x amount uh over our uh, over the amount of rent and very very cynical really unpleasant to watch and just bad from every standpoint now it, since then, the British economy has collapsed pretty badly. Yeah, yeah. Um, we are at a inflation is eight point one percent. You guys able, should. You're gonna be able to name the day of this episode. No, sorry, inflation is seven point eight percent. You guys should go, go back to Europe. You guys should be part of Europe again. Yeah, maybe. Have we you should. thought about doing that? It's popular again. Um, but inflation is at yeah eight percent, and then uh, interest rates are at, I believe five point two five or about to go to five point two five. What that means is that mortgage payments have gone up by a lot. In many cases, they have doubled. And that has wiped out an awful lot of buy-to-let landlords' property um, profits. Uh, so while they'll probably be okay because they have enough houses like that they have sold and stuff, um, they are all very, very stressed, and it is showing. And their TikTok content is now furiously raging at the government for not keeping interest rates lower and fury raging at the government for... Uh, basically destroying their entire business because they are disgusting parasites. Well, what they should be doing is buying a stock and then when the stock goes up, they sell it yeah. before it goes down. That would be smart. Because they're trying to do that with houses, but if they just did it with stocks, I think it'd be what better. They, they're trying to do, um, like, what's the word? Like, perpetual income? No, that's not right. uh, passive income? Passive income. Yeah. yeah, they're trying to do passive income, but did it in a 
a low interest rates environment, which admittedly has existed for like 15 years, so they assumed it would never change. And then it changed yeah. very quickly, and they are all very screwed. They should do Airbnb. Were, were we enough? Like this, this is the fascinating thing about it is like if you have a lot of these properties and you are caught in the wrong spot, like you're in big, big trouble. Because they also didn't take out fixed mortgages because they're like, what's the point? They're all on tracker mortgages. So, yeah, they are very, very screwed. Maybe Bitcoin can fix it, you know? Maybe Bitcoin can fix it. Thank you guys for listening. We will likely be back with another one of these in September because Luke yeah. and I uh, are going to Brighton SEO uh, in Brighton, UK at the end of September. Uh, so, yeah, stay tuned for that. And uh, it's we're going to go enjoy We're going to go enjoy a really lovely day in the park. Yeah. I'm going to go and see how the ashes is going. We should go to a pub. We should go and watch the cricket. You want to go watch cricket in a pub? I want to watch the cricket. We're on... It's 164 for two, so... Okay. Is that, that... Those aren't streets in New York. That's like a thing. Yeah, those 164 for two. The, those, after, those points? After 30 overs. Are you talking about... Are those points? They're those points. They're runs, actually. They're runs. And a run we, is we, a point yeah, in cricket? Eng- England have made 164 runs and have lost two wickets. What's a wicket? Uh, a wicket's when you get out. And you have 10 wickets. Okay. You get so 10 you have outs. to get as many runs as you can before you lose all your wickets. Before you lose your wickets. Unless you declare, which England will probably do after tea. Who? Unless, unless you declare, which England will probably do after tea. Do they do tea? Yeah, they do tea. We just finished the lunch break. Oh, my God. All right. Yeah, <laughs> let's go. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>